This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter Podcast. I am Billy Mully and today joined by Stephen Day and Jamie Castle as we prepare for the playoffs once again. It still doesn't sound right. It didn't sound right last season. Definitely still doesn't sound right. But lads, first question, how's the heart rate at this point? Still, as we were saying before, three more sleeps until the first leg and, and we're not necessarily bricking it, but, but I think we've all mentioned our heart rate's picking up. Yeah, I, I think for me, not necessarily the heart rate, I think it's the stomach at the minute. It, it will gradually make its way up to the heart rate come 5, 5.30 on, on Saturday. Um, yeah, it, it sort of, it, it all comes down to this, 46 games, second year in a row. Um, yeah, it's it, it's tough because you obviously want to enjoy it and, and all of us should enjoy it because it's just fantastic to be in this position, but when you're so close, like we were last year, we were close, but obviously what we, we, we weren't as close as we weren't we weren't as close as we are this year in terms of the way the squad's looking um, and the way the team are, are playing and performing. Um, so yeah, um, bring it on! I'm looking forward to it, but obviously with, with, with an element of apprehension as well. Stephen, how about yourself? Well, I mean, my nerves are more about being back on the uh, pod after you know a couple of weeks. <laughs> months, you know. Stage right, mate. You got stage yeah. right. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm not nervous for Saturday, really. Like, I've got the, you know, the bit of a, you know, the dizzy heights of being third and all that. Like, you know, feeling a little bit like, you know, queasy. Like, wow, like, we actually finished third and we were comfortable third as well. Like, we are the third best team in the championship. And I think my, my nerves are more about the second leg, really. And I, you know, I, I'm looking at Sunderland as just a, a game to enjoy and providing we don't go out and embarrass ourselves like there's i for me i've got no reason to be i don't feel like there's any reason to be uh nervous about it because we've got a tuesday night 
in the playoffs under the lights at Kenworth Road. Like that's just going to be brilliant. But also, we, you know, our our rec- well, the last time anyway was a bit. Mm. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Now, I think for me a bit, I'm sort of the opposite, but in the sense of I don't want to go to Sunderland and the, the tie be over in terms of negatively obviously if the tie's over because because we've gone up there and had a massive win and fantastic but i want tuesday to matter and obviously it'll matter either way but if we go up and get spanked 3-0 which i'm not saying we will i, I, I don't think i don't think we will go up there and get spanked 3-0 but if we did it almost dampens what sort of game tuesday can be and tuesday could be what could, could be one of the best games at the kenny that we've all seen um and i guess i, I want that so that's probably an element of the nerves i think so avoid heavy defeat at all costs is the motto going into these these playoff yeah. games. Yeah. Um, before we go on to these these playoff games, very very exciting stuff, of course. But we'll talk a little bit about the whole game. Nil um, nil probably matched what we expected of it. Um, but of course, eight changes, some some players that haven't got very many minutes this season, getting some good game time, uh, which was of course good to see. Um, I'll come to you first, Jamie, about this game. Um, as I mentioned, there eight changes starts for the likes of Louis Watson, Fred Onyedimma, Joe Taylor, uh, Luke Freeman as well. Was it what you wanted of the kind of game? Were you wanting a much changed side and, and for us to be competitive against a decent enough whole side? I was very much on the fence in terms of what we should have done. And I think at 1pm... Well, no, two PM on on Monday. I was taken a bit by surprise. I think Edwards is sort of it, it was was in the press, both on Sky and sort of sort of at, at club level, just talking about this, keeping momentum, keeping players fit. So I thought he, he might he might might have made a few changes, three maybe four, um, and would have given Osher and Burke minutes, which wasn't a surprise. But it was just I think the extent to which he changed it, it took me a bit by surprise, and I think. In hindsight, it made me think, yeah, but that, that's that's brilliant. It's what we need to do. And I think if you look at it a bit holistically, it's almost like, yeah, we wanted momentum, which is obviously what, what we wanted. But we've maintained that over the sort of the previous four games in terms of keeping people fit, playing relatively well, not as not as good as we have done at our peak this season, but still playing relatively well. Um and it, he almost treated it a bit like a international break friendly a little bit. And one game doesn't really matter too much because it, it showed Watford at home the first game back after after the, after a, after a two week break. Basically, we came out and we were fantastic. Um, so that's what he, that's the angle we sort of went at it, and we managed to wrap Locks and Colton and Eli and Drammer all in cotton wool. Luke Nakamba didn't didn't even get changed. In, into the kit, which is obviously is 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 a massive thing, because it's not. It's also not only about the physical rest; it's also about the mental rest. It's the it's the match day prep of get getting yourself psyched for a game. Um, so for them, just to be completely out of it for a game was was massive and um, important to get some good minutes into Osher and Burke sharing the game each. Someone like a Potts get getting minutes, Bradley more minutes, um, and just all round Clark. Bez, Freeman, just all getting minutes. And then the ones that were the more important ones, like the Udalty and your Campbells, came through unscathed as well. So um, all in all, it was a, a successful game for me. Obviously, the result was nil-nil and the game was a bit dull, but ultimately that that 
doesn't doesn't matter at all in the slightest. Yeah, as you say, there a successful nil nil, and and coming to you, Stephen. Um, Jamie mentioned it there. Osho got forty five minutes. Burke got forty five minutes. There were questions as to whether um, any of them, let alone both of them, would be able to play a part in this game going into the playoffs. How important and how how vital has it been that both players have now got 45 minutes in their locker and a good 45 minutes as well going into two tough games against Sunderland? I mean, it's huge. Um, obviously, because you, I think, you know, obviously, I guess we'll, we'll talk about Brad that you've got with... Um, with Sunderland and then with Wembley, should we get there? I, you, you, you want to have your three best and fastest centre backs there, and I don't think Bradley fits into that. But that's not anything about him being a bad player. It's just you know his age and where he's at at the moment. And so to have Osho, Burke, and Lockyer all <clears throat> pretty much, you know, you could probably argue ready to be playing. Saturday away at um, Stadium of Light, it's, I mean, it's massive. And, you know, you, you kind of got to hope that there's not going to be a chance of them getting in behind us because I think we've seen quite a lot in the last, you know, five or six games maybe that players are getting in behind us and there's just a few little mistakes here and there. Whether they've led to goals or not, whether it's been Bradley or not, there's just been a few little things and you, you worry whether players can get back. But, um, you know, I think with... With Burke and Osho, if they if they are in starting eleven against Sunderland, it's it's huge for us. And you know we've got one of the better defensive records in the uh, in the league, so it you know kind of shows that having that strength in defence and having the uh, options to play, you know, a number of any players is is well as I keep saying, it's huge. It's quite interesting the fact that that they're both going to be available at the same time. Their recoveries have sort of coincided with, with one another. It'd be quite telling going into that Sunderland game who is actually first choice because I don't think there's been too many opportunities for us to to really gauge this season who is above who in the pecking order between those two. So that's going to be interesting come the Sunderland game. But of course, we'll, we'll go onto that as we move onto the the Sunderland section of it all. Um, just go into that game against Hull again. Any players, Jamie, that caught your eye that that maybe, um, I don't know, personally for me, starting 11 pretty much or near enough picks itself going into Sunderland. But were there any players there that, you know, stake to claim and, and really impressed you enough to suggest that, you know, if we are in the Premier League next year, keep them on board and, and ensure that they're close, as close as possible to, to that squad? I mean, I think in terms of stake and acclaim, first of all, it's um, it's tough, right? Because I think Fred was the one that came away with probably the most plaudits in terms of his overall performance. Um, but I think it's really, really tough to get ahead of Drama or Doughty, right? So, yeah, obviously, it's fantastic news. He's come back and he's fit. And if the worst happens and we lose Doughty or Drama, we've got someone in Fred who, albeit it's not probably as good defensively, but going forward is as good or in, in some cases better. So it's just important we've got that alternative. Um, again, Clark to, to have, an, an, to have an, another sort of hour or so is really important. He's not quite got back to his sort of pre-injury levels, but again, minutes are, are, are all that matters. For Osher and Burt, look assured, look assured as, as, as always. Um, 
Potsy back in. So same as Fred in terms of if, if the worst happens and we lose Bell, we've got Potsy. Um, so, yeah, it's tough in terms of staking the claim. I mean, in terms of looking further into the future, in terms of the Premier League, I was impressed with Watson for 90 minutes. I think he he sort of he, he looked really good on the ball and he, he showed what he showed early in the season. Um, so someone that would definitely, if we do go up, um, I would definitely look to get out, get out on loan to a, a top end League One, low end champ side next next season. I think we would definitely get into a few sides. Um, so that's probably more longer term. I thought Taylor looked busy as always, um, showed glimpses, looked look quick, and and looked to, to, to sort of try and to, to try, try and re- replicate what Eli does in terms of his, his forward press. Um, but yeah, in terms of the short, the, the sort of the short term view for. For Saturday evening, I think it's it's tough after other than like I said, the likes of Osho, but to, to sort of get in that start eleven. Yeah, and as you say there, um, was as you said before, it was a, a weird game given the lack of meaning to it. Um, it was quite dull in that certain aspects, but there was also some quite sort of talent factors. Elliot Fort coming on um, mm. surprised me how positive he was and and. You know, I think evidence just by that that single run. Um, he's brave. He was positive, and for a player that's been sort of shunned out out on loan this season in the way that he had done, I wouldn't have been surprised if he looked a little bit more reserved when, when driving with the ball. But it's good to see that that sort of confidence is still there with him because he still is an exciting player. Um, I don't think this failed low move to Burton defines him whatsoever. I think he'll be back and stronger. Um, depending on, on where we are next season, probably plays a massive part in, in what happens with him. Um, and, and then going on to Joe Johnson again, very, very good to see 17-year-old getting a good 30 minutes and again, looked really calm, composed on the ball, stuck to his defensive task well and and obviously very much liked by by the Luton hierarchy. So a good, um, a very good youngster that that's only going to get better by these sort of, glimpses of exposure to first team football which is perfect for for us as a club that have celebrated a lot of players in the past that have gone on to to very very good things uh so yeah I, I think as we sort of said at the start somewhat of a dull game but but plenty of plenty of positives to take from that and um keeps the win uh, the the unbeaten run going sorry to, to 14 going into these playoff games which is a fantastic achievement um given the fact that, that we've had to play some very, very difficult teams in that in that running. So, all in all, very positive going into these playoffs. And I think, as as we said last week, but I think, like you said, it was important to, A, keep the unbeaten one. Not necessarily important, but nice to get to 80 points and also really important to have no injury concerns. And that was the only three things, really, from the game. Um, obviously, it would have been great to win and keep more momentum, but that 80-point that mark was good enough for me. 100%. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Very good. We'll get on to the exciting stuff now. We'll go on to this semi-final um, of the playoffs against Sunderland. It was a, a frantic final day. Fortunately, there was no worries or concerns from, from our end. It was all about watching um, sort of the other results. I had three screens on the go. It was quite stressful in that respect, trying to keep up with all the games. But ultimately, it was quite enjoyable. A lot of twists and turns. One point, we were going to Millwall. One point we were going to Coventry, um, West Brom were, were in with a very good shout and, and Blackburn. It just seemed to get further and further away until we to, until we landed on Sunderland. And um, yeah, as, as good of a destination it is, it is a very long way away. But it's going to be a very good away day. It's going to be a very, very good match between two deserving teams. Um, easy to forget that Sunderland, it's their first season back in the championship and you know, we know how difficult it was going back to the championship. And I know people probably um, say the fact that Sunderland are a bit more backed than, than we were when we first got back to the championship. But but ultimately, it's still an incredible achievement considering the youthful road they've gone down when it comes to recruitment. Uh, Tony Mowbray again has done a very, very good job and it's going to be a very, very interesting matchup. So, yeah, all, all to look forward to. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be tense in the stadium of light, forty nine thousand, whatever it is. They're all gonna turn up. It's gonna be a very, very good atmosphere. But we've proven this season, Stephen, that we can go to these difficult destinations that, that home support is is typically class, and we can go and get positive results. So you've got to take the positives from that. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think like I, I'm struggling to think of any real away game we've had this season where, apart from the unnameable one where we've gone away and and really been shown up or really you know had a poor performance. Even you think Middlesbrough away two um, one lost, but we didn't necessarily deserve it. They probably deserved it on the night, but at the same time, we didn't play too badly. Um, and you know, I can't think of any other away performances really where we've been outplayed, outclassed, and and it's it 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 does give me confidence going into this game. But the one thing that does worry me a little bit is that obviously our away support has been you know pretty decent, very decent like this this whole season, but we're up in the gods at Stadium Light and there's going to be, you know, 40-odd thousand Sunderland fans possibly drowning us out. And, you know, they are very passionate fans. So um, I do worry that that might get to the players' heads. But at the same time, I trust Edwards to keep their heads cool as well. And then I think going back to the rec- our away record this season, it... it there's almost no reason to not be confident going into it. Not saying we're going to come out with a win, definitely, but you know, there's no no real signs to say that we're going to get thrashed or we're going to show ourselves up or we're even going to come away with a loss. 
So um, that does give me and hopefully all of us like, a lot of confidence. Yeah, I, th- I think that point raised by Stephen's a very valid one in terms of can the players ultimately mentally deal with the the occasion? And I think I certainly had my doubts back sort of March time. I, me- I, me- I come back to the game. I said pre Sheffield United, it was a it was a coming of age for them in terms of going to Bramall Lane and dealing with that atmosphere. Albeit the away fans went up in the gods, but in terms of the ratio of, of away to home, it's will be similar to to Sunderland's, and it was all about them mentally dealing with, with the occasion, and and they did. They came for it. They, they, they got a win, played really well, and then again, it's almost a bit different in terms of the atmosphere and the occasion. But the derby, they came for it really well. Um, so I, I have every confidence that these lads are now mature they're, they're less not they're less naive and i think they're brave enough to be able to hopefully go to the stadium of light and deal with as stephen said it's going to be it almost many men against boys in in atmosphere terms in terms of them having 40 odd thousand home and us only having 2000 or apparently less than 2000 away fans up in the gods um but it's it's on us to to shout louder right um but now i've got I've got every faith in in them to deal with that occasion. And I want to say as well, like it's it kind of it's a bit of a counterproductive point or whatever. It's it's not. It, it sounds a bit weird, but it's like it's almost suited us to be the smaller club going into these away games. Obviously, we've arguably got the better team because of our um, our position in the table, but um, I think it's suited us really well to go into these sort of games is a bit of, you know, a, I guess an underdog, because you think about Norwich away, uh, Sheffield United away, and it's Burnley away. We weren't out, well, we were outclassed for 45 minutes, but we didn't we didn't get beat. It was a, a big match, and we, you know, we, we played decent. And I think that as well shows that, this sort of occasion, like even even though it's like hopefully it doesn't get to players' heads, it also shows that we've got the mentality to handle it, and it almost plays to our strengths as well. Yeah, I get that, Stephen. I think yeah, I think what, what you're sort of alluding to there is that when we play teams that look to impose themselves on us a little bit more than than other teams that will let us play, I think that's the that's where we thrive this season, as you mentioned there. Um, that, that sort of Norwich game near the start of the season where we sort of sat back, I guess, in a, in a certain way, but but we also counter-attacked very, very well. Um, when we played against teams that want to play football against us, that that will, I guess, technically impose themselves on us, we, we've seemed to pass that test every time this season. So that's something, I guess, that, that can be taken away as a positive and, and going back to that, that fantastic home support at the stadium, like it will be a very, very good atmosphere. Um, but ultimately they've struggled at home this season. They've, they've picked up more points away from home than at home. Um, Luton, of course, the other, the, the same way around, but yeah, so they've, they've, I think Luton have um, picked up the second most away points this season. I might be wrong in, in saying yeah, that. Second. Something impressive like that. Um, so just just coming to you, Jamie, on that. Do you think those kind of stats? Do you think form from the normal forty-six game season will come into play in any effect? 
Um, I think yes and no. Um, I think first of all, just to pick up on your point in terms of it being a football game, I think that's massive. I think I've I've, I've said to you boys off off air in terms of yeah, there's probably teams that I would I would have preferred to face in Sunderland because it's going to be a really tough game. But I'm pleased it's not Millwall. I'm, I'm pleased that Sunderland will, will make it a football game, whereas Millwall would have made it a fist fight. And I think there's more variables that could that could affect affect an outcome in in, that, in those sort of games. Um, where Sunderland will play football, and I think to, to pick up on Stephen's comment, it's not it's not it's not it's not, argu- it's not arguable that we are a better side. We are a better side than them over course of over over course of forty six games. We picked up eleven eleven more points than them, and we are unbeaten in fourteen games. And I think over the course of the last six months at least, we are a better side than them. Um, obviously, football's football. Things can happen. Uh, it's got form and performances, and just just it, we, we all have the game in terms of what what what. what Results can can throw out, but we are a better side than them, and the fact that it's, it's a football game um, is going to be massive for us. In terms of going back to the original question, Bill, in terms of does the does the season impact on the playoffs? I think it does. I think there's the element of confidence that the players get. I mean, we've been it's not the first time to the stadium tonight. We've we've been there in 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 recent months, right? Um, and Barra. Diallo dive, we would have come away winners, and they, funnily enough, would have not been in the playoffs anyway. If, if that happened, obviously it's ifs and buts. Um, but no, I think they can take every confidence in the performance, and I, I think actually in under Edwards, I think Sunderland, Sunderland away was probably one of our worst performances in terms of the way Sunderland played against us and the way we played. Um, so there's definitely some learning to take from how we played at, at the Stadium Light as well. Um, but. At the same time, in terms of the no element, it, it's it's a cup competition now. It's cup football. It's it's, it's no longer playing out for a point. It's you, you you've got to win. Obviously, the, the first game it's playing out for a metaphorical point. If if it's one one or two to go, um, but in the second leg, at least it, it, it's 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 cup football. You have to win. The, 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 there's no draws, um, which changes the the, the dynamic and in game sort of game state a, a little bit. Stephen, Jamie mentioned it there that he personally would have preferred he prefers to have drawn Sunderland as opposed to to a more physical, more direct side like Millwall. Are you, um, I guess, in that camp looking at the teams that eventually got the playoffs and those that that sort of just missed out on the final day? Would you have picked Sunderland at the start? Were there any other teams that you would have preferred? Any other teams that that you wanted to purely just avoid it's for me i fluctuated a lot because i remember when i sat here watching the uh blackburn away game and it the way that they played made me feel like i didn't want to face them but then i came away from it thinking you know uh, you know maybe it would be decent to face them i've i've thought often you know i'd, I'd like to play like to played uh, West Brom and um, and I think I mean my the way the way I see it like I mostly see it anyway is that it is a lottery and there's no one that you can really want to face or not want in my opinion want to face or not want to face because you look at you know our playoff campaigns historically like we've you know faced Wrexham in the league always you know bogey team in the league Beat them in the uh, playoffs, and um, Blackpool that season. I think we, you know, we went away there and won three nil, and and then 
I think I can't remember what the uh, home game was in the league, but um, you know, we lost against them in the playoffs. Wasn't completely out of class, but you know, they they were just the better of the two teams, and they got a bit of luck as well. And but it you know kind of shows that it for me it's just a lottery, and I I personally don't like to think you know oh I'd rather face them because they'd be easier, or I'd rather face them because you know. We all probably thought that we were in the um, was it fourth or fifth round of the FA Cup when we got uh, yeah straight into the fourth round, and after we drew Grinsby, and then two games later, you know, we were like, oh god, they're actually you know it wasn't a straight win, so you know as Jamie said, it's cup football, and I think it's just a lottery, and obviously you can do what you can to be the better side, but I, yeah, that's just my thinking. No, it makes sense. It, it definitely makes sense. It's very interesting going into a bit of depth for the last sort of few results that we've had against Sunderland. Um, the latest one at Stadium Alight, 1-0. The uh, reverse fixture at Kenworth Road, 1-0. And then you'd have to go back to the 18-19 season. Um, one one. <laughs> one <-0. laughs> Yeah, are we are we really expecting anything else than than one all, or um, is there a case for this being um, the game that sort of bucks the trend? I say it will be different. I say you know it's not going to be a one-one. I say maybe the away game one-one, but um, but at the same time it could just go mental and be a three-three draw there or a three-three draw at home and whoever you know depending on yeah. I, I think it. I think it will go more. There'll be more goals than we're used to recently with uh, playing Sunderland. It's an interesting one. I'm just. Uh, I'm just getting my my betting up over. So it's five to one. One all. I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's worth it. Printing money. That's worth it. Yeah. I'm no, to. I, I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd certainly take one one on Saturday. Um, obviously, you go there with the aim of winning to try and make Tuesday's job a bit easier, but. Um, obviously, things can change, right? We, we could be one up with two to go, and I, and I wouldn't take one one. But as I sit here right now, I'd, I'd take one one. Um, I think the, the the away team in the first leg would always take take a draw, or certainly not losing. Um, and just bring it back to Kenny, and obviously, there's a narrative where actually both sides are ironically better away from home than at home. But I think that's I think our home form has been a bit distorted by the first half of the season. I think if you looked at the home form in terms of the second half of the season, we'd, we'd be right up there. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've got every confidence in a one-off game of football at the Kenny. We'd, we'd come out on top. So it's just important that we make that we, we make that game start at effectively 0-0 or 1-1 or rather than start at 1-2-0 or two down. Yeah, 100%. It's an important one, that first leg, as you say. To make sure, you know, even if it's what if we're one 0 down going back to the uh, back to the Kenny, you know, you think we might just about be favourites for it, and and without comparing us to Man City, it's got that kind of feeling, um, sort of Real Madrid, Man City game where um, I guess the pressure is on us finishing third, and and this being our our second attempt at the playoffs, um, going into this game is sort of you know, the team to beat as it were, but but ultimately ensuring that we don't get beat enough to to really sort of eliminate the 
um, need of a second tie. Um, you don't want to be going there. Don't want to be returning to Kenilworth Road three nil down, four nil down, where it's going to be an absolute right. um, uphill task just to get ourselves within sort of contention of being back in the game. Um, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. I, I keep getting that sort of sinking feeling that that just reminds me that playoff football is around the corner again. And I don't know if I've recovered since Huddersfield last year. That and that was with even less concerns and, and with without thinking that we were actually going to do it. That was just purely being there and just getting sort of lost in the atmosphere. So I don't know how I'm going to be over the next week or so it's going to be. It's as you for can tell, me. It is good. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm I'm stuck in an endless. It's loop. odd for me because I was thinking after Huddersfield, it was like there was a bit hanging over me, like you know we obviously we didn't, and we're very unlikely to. But there was that feeling of like, oh, you know, we could do a Barnsley, or it could be a mid-table finish, or it could be lower lower table finish, and and you're sort of thinking like. Was that our was that our one chance to get there? Um, and then, you know, you sort of come up a few weeks later, you're like, you know, Jones is the one to take us. I reckon, I reckon we can, you know, be pushing on again this season or the next season. Um, but then the way that it's gone since then, I feel like for me anyway, I'm feeling less pressure that, you know, this is the one time that we that we have to do it. It's like you know, we, we weren't successful last year. We're going into this one in a better place. If we don't, um, if we don't do it this time either, I don't see why we won't be in the playoffs next season or won't be challenging for even automatics. And I think we've, you know, strengthened to a point where we've got that sort of opportunity, and we can, we can, you know, grow on our position season on season. So, um, I'm. Thinking about, I'm I'm feeling a little bit more calm for this, I think, than uh, than last season's one. Uh, it's, it's strange. I think for me, last year was a bit of a free hit, and we said we said it before recording. In terms of, we got in last at last day of the season, Huddersfield, a carry for look at the teams on paper, but they finished third. They weren't a better side. They weren't a better side than us over the forty six games and. The case second leg, we were the better side, but it was a bit of a free hit. It was a bit gutting, but it is what it is. Whereas I think this year it's a bit different. We're, us finishing third, there's more pressure on us. And I mean, if if we were sat here in August and you were told that the the, the playoff teams would be Luton, Borough, Coventry, Sunderland, I mean, you'd you'd be thinking, oh yeah, we've got a really really good chance here, boys. And I think no one should take it to no one should take that the, the wrong way because I think Sunderland fans should be thinking the same. Same for Coventry, same for Borough. In terms of the teams that are in the mix, all four of us really don't have a better chance to get to the Premier League than this season. I think in terms of what the, the sides are involved, there's no parachute payment teams. You have got three sides that have been in League One more recently than than, than the Premier League. Like it's all there for the taking for all for, all, all four of us. Um, so that makes me a little bit a little bit more nervous because you sort of look at next season, you're coming down, you've got Southampton, who you think will be strong, potentially Leicester, who you think will be strong, potentially one of Everton or Leeds or Forest, who will be strong. You look at teams that come up, Ipswich and Plymouth are, are better than Wigan and, and Blackpool and Reading. So that straight away makes the league stronger. You've got the likes of your Swansea's that, that, that are looking good. Um, 
there's just teams amongst it next year that I think it's going to be a very, very difficult championship next season. So sat here right now in the playoffs that contains Luton Town, Coventry City, Sunderland and Middlesbrough, you've not got a better time, a better chance to go up. Like it's it's a it's a, a, a really good opportunity. It's making me a bit more nervous because it's a, it's an opportunity that I don't want to go missing. Like we, we've got a really good chance to be a Premier League side, and that's just crazy to think of and and think that this time in three weeks we could be sat here as fans of a Premier League club, um, and that I think just adds a little bit to the nerves for me. You are forgetting one factor there, Jamie, that if we don't go up this season by the laws of Luton Town progression, <laughs> we're going to have to finish either second or first. So, and, and, and that's the thing, right? It, it, yeah. it, 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 it would take a really brave man to bet against us finishing top six next year in terms of, look, we've done it back-to-back seasons now. And if you look at the Brentford way, how they did it, that they were relentless in terms of their finishes. Um, but still, you just you just look at, look at the... You just look at the teams that will be in the league next year in the championship, and it's true of of every season where you've got you've got to progress just to stand still in the championship, and and we'll need to do that. Um, but you think you're probably going to lose Lockyer, you you might lose a Carlton Morris, and I think that it's going to be a really interesting window if we don't go up. I think it'd be interesting either way in terms of the summer if we do or don't go up. Obviously, who who we could sign and spend money on if we go up, or and likewise who we could lose and replace them with if we don't go up. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we if if you tell me that we're not going up this year, but but we finish second next year amongst all the teams that we could be facing, then it just again it just adds even more weight to the work that the board and that are doing. One hundred percent, and a little bit more focus here on Sunderland um, going into their, their final game of the season. They've had injuries all season, but but their backline looked particularly worrying for them. Um, they had Dan Ballard, I think Danny Barth out as well. They're, they're two starting centre-backs. Um, and then to add to that, Dennis Serkin, who can't left back by trade, but can also play as a left-side centre-back, got taken off. Lyndon Gooch, who was playing as a right-back, was also taken off. And, and they ended the game with, with sort of a very makeshift back three. Just looking at, at their defensive injuries, does that, again, does that, you know, add a little bit of positivity does that make them weaker so much that that it becomes a, a real reason why we should go and beat them or does it just sort of add to you know the uncertainty of the playoffs does that not have any bearing on, on what we're going to see I think twofold I think ultimately to playoffs is cut football so yeah anything can happen but I think you'd be stupid just to sit here and say that you'd rather face a circuit left back compared to a Jack Clark left wing back right it's, I think you obviously would rather because I think that's how they finish they finish Jack Clark and Roberts as, as the wing backs um, on, on Monday so you would definitely rather that likewise Sunderland would rather face a Sonny Bradley than a Tom Lockyer in that middle right so it's, it's just it's just natural um, so I think it definitely adds a bit more confidence in terms of I think that matchup if they do start Monday like they finished if they, if, if they do start Saturday like they finished Monday in terms of that that wing back system um, it adds more more sort of weight on Doughty and Drama to get at Roberts and Jack Clark right um, and likewise the back three of what was it Anderson um, was it Hume and I know Nine was it 
it was, yeah. it was the back three. Um, I mean, if you're Carlton and, and Elijah, you, you, you've not faced many, I wouldn't say weaker back threes. It's, it's not, not, not what I'm trying to get out, but it, you, you certainly would prefer to face them than a Ballard and a, 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 a um, Danny Barth, right? You, you, you would rather face those three. Um, so if you're Morris and, Morris and Elijah, you think that let's just, just get at them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's twofold. I think, yeah, still, um, it's still, it, it, it doesn't make me less nervous, but obviously I'm more confident. Uh, in a minute. And, and I then, think I just want to add a little bit as well, saying that if you think like Huddersfield were probably looking at us a little bit like that last season as well, thinking, you know, they've got injuries. You know, obviously Sunderland has scraped their way in, but they've done it fairly decently. And, you know, think we kind of rolled in a little bit last season because of the injuries. And I think you know, it is. It does add to the positives that it's more makeshift than it is their starting back three, back five, however they play. And and yeah, I think you know it. It, it definitely adds to the positives for us because we've got you know almost a pretty much full strength squad, not even starting eleven squad, and um, and that you know bodes well for us. That's, a, I think, a, a big difference as well is that that sort of last fact there, Stephen, that, you know, we could have three or four key players missing and the 18-man squad is still going to be very, very strong. And I think that's a, a slight difference to last season. If we were missing three or four players, you'd notice it on the bench. Um, so, yeah, I think this season, as well as that starting eleven has, has, has done, the continued strength on on the bench has, has also been really impressive and, and the players that we could call upon to, to make a difference has been at a good level f- throughout the campaign. So that's, again, game changes on the bench. Nathan Jones spoke a lot about game changes and, and they still have their part to play, um, especially with, with five substitutions being permitted. Speaking of Nathan Jones, we've got um, what we posed as a dilemma on our Twitter the other day. Um, Nathan Jones could potentially get a medal. Uh, 30 medals will be handed out if Luton are tr- if Luton win at Wembley, the, the playoff final, if we get there. Um, and, and of course, it will be uh, down to the club to decide who, who actually receives one. So we put out the tweet after a report from The Athletic and for, for some reason it blew up completely. Um, we, uh, we we finished it with 2,882 votes, which um, considering we, we're, we're lucky to get 300 or 400 was, was quite a shock to us. And I think just judging by the comments as well, so many people f- sort of questioned why it was even a question. Uh, there were so many sort of strong views about why are we even sort of debating it because they, they, they were so far... Um, one uh, sort of one end of the spectrum that it sort of was a very good argument in the end because 54% went yes and 46% went no. Um, very, very close considering the amount of votes. That's um, about, you know, 1,400 votes for, for each there. Come to you first, Stephen. This Nathan Jones, I, I don't know um, what you've got to say about it. I don't know if you had your say on Twitter, but but where is your head at on this this Nathan Jones medal 
debacle. I think it's a funny thing to be discussing, to be fair. And and I I mean I if if there was enough that everyone at the club right now gets one and he gets one as well, I I I'm happy with it. Like but if you if you said that someone that, you know, is in the squad at the moment misses out or coaching like staff member like misses out on a medal, then it's kind of like a no brainer that the person at the club gets it. And but say there's enough and there's an opportunity to give Jones one, you just give him it because for me anyway, because it's just, you know, you look at what he's done, you look at the foundations that he's built for us to be in this position. And yeah, I'd say I'd, I'd give him one if there's an opportunity to, but as I keep saying, I wouldn't want anyone at the club right now to miss out on one. And Jamie, um, I did see your tweet come through about it, um, but I'm gonna, I'm not gonna um, lie here. I forgot what you said, so it's so a repeat for all to hear. No, I, mean, I think before we get onto that, I think just to, t- to take the complete joy out of what is a, ultimately a tongue in, tongue in cheek question. If you do the maths, right, you got 22 players that I think qualify for a medal based on appearances this season. You've got Rob, Richie, Paul, and then the two Kevs, be it Dearden and Pilk. So that's 27 straight away. So you've got three more. And it's basically take your pick, right? You've got Jared Robert-Smith. You've got James Redden. You've got Elliot Plant. You've got Simon Parcell. Mick Arford. Does Mick get one? So I think when the maths comes to it, out of the 30, there probably isn't space for Nathan Jones. Albeit, I think if you the, the caveat is it's 30 free of charge. So... The board could, if they if they so wish, purchase more and distribute some out beyond that. So I think let's let's obviously look at it a, bit, a bit seriously. I think ultimately, if you look at the thirty-three charge medals, there probably isn't space for Nathan Jones. But when it comes on to it, ultimately, if if this is is a dilemma to have because you've got promoted to the Premier League and we are a long way off that yet, so I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Who cares? <laughs> I, I'm going to be in the pub somewhere pissed because got promoted, got promoted to the Premier League. I, I don't care if Nathan Jones gets a medal. If he does, great. Cheers, Nath. Appreciate your help. Thank you. If he don't, I don't care. See you later. Like, I, I, honestly, like, yeah. The, the, I, I, I understand the views forward against if you look at things from a serious, serious perspective. But if anyone's getting really emotional either way, I mean, just just come out a little bit man come on just chill that is just screaming out that I should have added a third option on the poll of, of don't care <laughs> no, absolutely and if, if that was an option I would have ticked that I think in, in truth I, I, I tick Jess I think if 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 I had to choose I, I would buy one and give it to Nath as, as a thank you because I, I wouldn't give him one of the 30 that he doesn't doesn't sort of fulfill the criteria for it um but I don't, I don't care if, if Gary Sweet and Co says no, cool, whatever. Can we give him a fake one? <laughs> I mean, I think the, the, the only criteria is he's got to hold it wearing a stained training top, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right, back onto the serious stuff. We're, we're going to speak now through what well, we're going to predict our starting 11s. Um, I don't think there's going to be too much variation, um, but but Stephen, I'm going to come to you for your your starting eleven for our Sunderland away trip first. Oh God, um, Horvath, 
Lockyer, Burke, Osho, Bell. You've just named four centre-halves there, mate. If I'm thinking... Burke, Osho, Lockyer, Bell. So is Bell playing left wing back then? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. What, against the Allo? Yeah. And... <laughs> this is me trying to get you out of a hole, mate. Don't worry. And I did just drummer. bring up, so I do, I do apologise. And drummer right back and right wing back. No, I think I think that's what I'd want though, because if you think like if we're talking about game changes, imagine being able to bring on Alfie Doughty at the um, at seventy minutes, and say say Berker Osho gets you know injured and you have to move Bell back in centre back. I just, I, I think you're just saying that because you realise you messed up. And you have to try and get, get yourself out. I of the still, hole. I still, there's, there's, I still there's no way. You, there's no way you do not start Alfie Dowry and Cody Drama at Southern. The end. I still think of Bell as a left wing back. So no. that's he's been one of the league's best left at the arse this kind of year. Full stop. Um. <sighs> anyway, moving on. Go on. Yeah. Pelly, Nakamba, Campbell in the middle. And then um, Barry, and Fe- Barry and Freeman up top. Yeah, yeah. Following, <laughs> following the uh, whole game, yeah, definitely. After they were so um, good on Monday, yeah. Yeah, um, and then the obvious two, Morris and uh, Adebayo. Where are your changes coming, Jamie? I think, for me, our best 11 on paper has got to be Horvath, Osho, Lockyer Bell, Drama, Doughty, Nakamba, Pelly, Clark, Morris, Adebayo. I think in a game that will that will consist of few chances, we need a, a bit more quality on the ball, which I think gives Clark the shout over Campbell. I think obviously Campbell's great in terms of the press, but Clark is also good. Maybe not as good in terms of the press, but also good. And I think when it comes to it, he, he adds that little bit more quality in, in the final third. Um, so that's why I, I, I go Jordan Clark. I, I think that's for me. That's the one spot really of debate. Maybe other than Osho, Osho or Burke, if if they're both if if they're both fit. Um, but I think if if we assume the back five picks itself based on fitness, I think the, the only real one point of contention is who plays that third centre mid because it's it's going to be the Campbell Pelly plus one, right? Um, so it's it's it, it's whether it's Clark or Campbell. Yeah. I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think there's more of a case to play Campbell in the first leg than it would be the second, but, but ultimately I still would lean towards Clark in, in this first game as well. Um, yeah. As you say, that the other big spot of debate would be Burke or Osho. Um, in my head, the fact that Osho played the first half, I, I don't know if it's very telling at all, but in my head that, that told me that the Osho might may just be above Burke and Peck in order. Mm. Um, yeah. Onya Dimmer was brilliant the other day, um, but I, I don't think you could make too much of a case for him starting over either Doughty or Drama or Bell, shall we say? Um, and Did- then yeah, the front two front two picks itself. Um, yeah, you, you cannot. I don't think you find a better striking duo this season than the Morris and Adebayo. And I remember at the start of the season, we were a little bit reluctant to say it. We were a little bit reluctant to say that oh, this this has to be the, the 
best striking duo in the division. But the fact that we finished in third place and those two have been absolutely phenomenal just about proves our point. Just back on the Clark Campbell debate, do, do you read much into the fact that Clark came off after 55 and Campbell played the full 90? Was that uh, just because Clark hasn't been fully fit, so he's resting him again? Or was it let's actually take Clark off just to keep him fresh or keep him okay for, or not risk him for, for Saturday? Yeah, I think it was an element of, of not risking him. Um, Doughty came off as well, didn't he? Um, yeah. But it's, it's the fact that more more that Campbell played the full night. He, he he had the chance to take off Campbell rather than Taylor. He he, he could have kept Taylor on for for, for ninety minutes. Um, I think when he brought in brought on Freeman, I think it was or or Landry maybe he, he took off Taylor rather than Campbell, which I thought was a bit of a surprising change. To the fact that he didn't he didn't not risk Campbell when he kept him on for ninety minutes. I wonder if that's saying that. He, he he's going to start Clark over Campbell. I don't know. That's just me hypothesizing a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and I definitely get that. But also within that, there's probably tactical elements within the game to to ensure that. Yeah, of course. That gaps were not made, and I think yeah, someone someone like Campbell ensures that those gaps are not not really present. So yeah, it's it's yeah, as you say, it's how you read into that. It'd be interesting to see that team that that starting eleven. That is for sure. Now onto the score predictions for the first leg, and we've had this theme this year of uh, this season really. Majority of games where you two are a little bit more positive, and I bring, I bring the the more pessimistic view. But but for some reason, I don't think I'm going to be Mister Pessimistic here. So I'm going to start with you, Stephen. <laughs> Two on us. I like it. Jamie, I can't get my get my head past one one. Um, I think it's going to be a game that we're going to go to disrupt rather than take it to them. I, I think we we have faith in our ability, but I think Edwards is a smart man, right? I think it's important just to get out get out with something alive. Um, so I think Edwards would certainly take one one. I think if it's one one with half hour to go, he's certainly not going to push the pencil too much. I think he's just going to. He's just going to sit on it and see how, it, see how it plays out and try and capitalise on any chances to, to nick it. But I don't think he's going to do anything drastic to try and get, get a 2-1 win at, the, at, at Sunderland. I think he'll take 1-1. One, one. I'm going to go for a defender's favourite away scoreline. I'm going to go 1-0. Um, I don't care how we do it. I don't care how it comes about, who scores, if we play awful. Winning 1-0 would be unbelievable going back to, to Kenilworth Road. But at the same time, is there an element of wanting, of sort of needing a positive result at Kenilworth Road to, to sort of fully unlock the atmosphere? That's a that's a debate for another time. But yeah, 1-0 I'm going to go for. We've been, we've been brilliant away this season, especially some of the, the more difficult ones under um, under Rob Edwards. You think back to, to the Sheffield United one, I think for me, that's played a massive part of me, me sort of thinking this. I think there's every potential that it could play out in a similar way to that Sheffield United one, um, where we um, mentioned it at the time how important it was to, to sort of compare us to compare where we were um, last season to, to that point. And I think it's got every every chance of playing out in a, a similar kind of way. So yeah, one nil for me. 
Well, thank you to the two of you for joining me today. Um, we're all up there. We're all at Sunderland. So let's get excited for that. Um, cannot, cannot wait. It's going to be, um, as we've said before, heart rates are going to be up in the sky. But, but ultimately, it's why we follow football for these kind of games. Of course, follow our socials. We are on Twitter at Oak Road Hatter. We are Oak Road Hatter Pod on Instagram and on YouTube. We're Oak Road Hatter. Until next time, it is goodbye from us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.